Welcome to the Family Alpha Podcast, a place where men, families, and the truth have a voice. The information shared on this podcast is meant to be applied. Now, here is your host, Zach Small, founder of thefamilyalpha.com and co-founder of thefraternityofexcellence.com. Let's get to work. Welcome to another episode on the Family Alpha Podcast. I'm your host, Zachary Small, and today we're going to be talking about three ways to immediately reduce or remove stress from your marriage. Now, as I dive into this, you're going to think, well, this also applies to my long-term relationship. It also applies to my short-term relationship. Sure, it might apply to many other relationships, but the perspective I'm taking is that of marriage. So understand where I'm coming from. I'm speaking strictly from my marriage and ways I have found ways to reduce and or completely eliminate stress from our relationship. Now, as we go further into this, you're going to see, you know, some of it's catered to me. And that's that's how it always works. Any podcast you listen to or blog you, you read, it's coming from the perspective of the author. So what works in my marriage or what works in my relationship might not work for you. And that's okay. What you need to do is take the overall lesson, take what it is I'm saying, and apply it in your own manner. You need to apply it in a way that it fits in your relationship. And your marriage to your wife and the, and the, the history that you have together, it makes it as unique to you guys as your fingerprints. So you need to take what it is I'm doing and find a way to take the, the universal concept and apply it to your very individual situation. Now let's dive right into it. The first step to immediately reduce or remove stress from your marriage is to stop thinking there's not supposed to be stress in that relationship. Now that sounds super political. I get it. It's like you're not even answering the question. But to remove stress, you have to stop worrying about the stress. You have to stop thinking that there's stress. It happens, especially in marriages. You're together a lot. As human beings, we are we are diverse creatures. We like different things. We like change. We love comfort. But we like to enjoy new experiences. We make new memories and it feels good, you know? And when you're with the same person decade after decade, you know, things might get stale. Or you might start evolving as individuals. And you start coming up with these new habits. And you start doing these things that the other person doesn't like. Or there's financial issues. Or there's turmoil. You have a big change coming. And all of a sudden pressure starts creeping in because you're feeling a pressure on you. You know, we're going to be talking a lot about pressure, but for right now, the stress, the pressure that's on you, that's okay. You know, don't become so hyper-focused on making everything happy-go-lucky, sunshine and rainbows that you forget good stress leads to stronger muscles. Good stress leads to stronger minds, stronger souls. When you do things that are hard and you see it through and you come out in the finish line, you feel better. If I put you in a, a wheelchair and I pushed you to through a 5K across the finish line, you'd be like, all right, you know, I, I guess I did a 5K. But if you ran that 5K and you crushed it and you gave your best effort, at the very end, you're like, yeah, like that was awesome. The same thing with your relationship. If, if it was on cruise control the whole time, all right, cool, like you had a marriage. But if you had to work at it and you had to put effort into it and you had to try and you had to see what you were capable of, well, damn, like that's life purpose in itself. That, that's like a self-motivating and self-perpetuating, you know, system of positive reinforcement and growth and motivation to continue to push forward. There is supposed to be stress in your relationship, but it needs to be the healthy kind of stress. 
So what what concerns me is when people think, oh, I'm listening to this podcast, so there's no stress in my marriage. Well, that's not what I'm doing. <laughs> that was just my hook to get you in. Now that you're in here, I got to tell you the truth. And the truth of the reality is that there's going to be stress. And that's okay. It's not a bad thing. Now, if there's bad stress, if you're walking around incredibly critical of one another, if, if, if it's like the whole floor inside your house is filled with eggshells and you kind of got to tiptoe over on one another, you have problems. You know, you have some serious issues and you've got to deal with them. But you got to separate the difference between bad stress and good stress. And it starts with you. You're sitting, you're sitting and listening to this podcast. You have somebody that's in your corner right now talking to you to help you better bring yourself to greater heights in your marriage. Your spouse might not have that. They don't have somebody that's funneling them this content. So it's on you to embody everything that I'm saying and everything you've learned up to this point and to deliver that to your spouse and your loved ones. It's on you to be the solution to this. You know, we can talk about problems all day, but that's just redundancy without progress. Same thing, same thing, same thing, zero progress, then you die. I don't want that for you. That's a terrible, that's, that leads to apathy. You're not happy or sad, you're just existing. That's horrible. That, like, that's death before you ever enter the grave and before you ever, your heart ever stops beating. So what we need to do is get you back to living, get you back to being intentional, and to get you taking that first step towards correcting all the negative stress that's in your life. Stop picking at one another. Stop, stop, stop trying to go out of your way to see what's wrong or how they put the dishes away wrong or how they, they fold the laundry wrong or how you don't like the way they chew. You know, the, the examples I have been given in my years of doing this is lengthy. But look, when you start reading from the same playbook, when you start getting rid of the scoreboard and instead of you versus her or you versus him, you know, it's you together. You're on the same team. It's not home versus away. It's home. And when you guys are at battle, it's home versus home. You're on the same team. You got to work together. You got to start taking moves and making actions and taking actions that are going to get you towards getting back to finding what it was that brought you together in the first place. So whatever that was that you enjoyed, whatever it was that you guys did, you had a good time. You know, where did that go? Let's reverse engineer this and start finding out what happened. When you do that, you can start picking and taking actions that are going to get you guys to having a good time again, to laughing again. You know, I recently shared that sex is always the, the greatest metric given to marriages or the health of a, a relationship with a woman, if you're a man and vice versa. You know, and I don't believe that. Now, sex is a huge part of it. You know, sex is like the glue. You know, it, it sticks you together. It's what separates you from being roommates or co-parents. That's what the sex is. It's, it's attraction. It's lust. It's intimacy. That should exist between man and woman, husband and wife. But that's somewhat easier. You can check that box. You know, just lay there and 30 seconds later, all right, we had sex. Well, did you though? Like, is that really the metric we're going for? You see, the one that I think really stands out is laughter. And I get it. That's like a PG answer. And, you know, I've got an eight-year-old little girl and, and maybe, you know, I've, <laughs> I'm, I'm watching too much Disney movies. But in all honesty, and I'm saying this as a very confident man and working with hundreds and hundreds of marriages and literally thousands of men, the relationships where there was laughter, those were the healthiest ones out there. Those were the easiest ones to fix. And, and damn near, you know, when you go through checking the boxes as to what right looks like, the, the, the spouses and the marriages that had laughter within them, those were always getting the top marks. When you can laugh with your spouse, you're still having fun. You're still lighthearted. You're not letting the whole world crush you. 
when you can do that, when you can laugh, it's easy to put the rest together. It's just a change of habits. Maybe it's being a little more considerate of one another's preferences. But ultimately, you know, the adjustments you need to make are minimal. So instead of focusing on, oh, I want her to do this or that in the bedroom, let's let's take a step back on putting pressure on that. And instead of saying, oh, well, she doesn't do this or she doesn't do that, you know, and, and putting that sort of pressure on yourself. And you're like, I need to fix everything to be super dad because I found uh, masculinity Twitter or social media and I want to be the, the greatest man ever. I got to fix all this. Look, what you got to start doing is getting back to having a good time. Stop trying to be super husband, super dad. Like, stop trying to do these things. These are all extensions of who you are. You know, if you just take the, this series of actions, all you're doing is like a dance. It's like you, you memorized a routine and you're just doing the dance. It's not really who you are. It's something you learn how to do. And there is a time and place for learning how to be a better father, learning skills, you know, whether it comes to, to how to speak to others a little better, whether it comes to noticing body language or, or tone of voice. You can certainly learn these things. But there's no dance routine I can give you that's going to make your marriage last. It'll make it better short term and then you'll collapse again because you're not going to know what to do when the, when the music changes. But if it's a coming from your soul, if you're changing who you are and you're an individual and you're a man who just has a good time or woman, you know, I'm speaking from the man's perspective, but if you're a woman listening to this and you're thinking about your spouse, this applies to equally. So just understand I'm saying man, I'm going to continue to say man because that's predominantly who I work with, but this goes both ways. And if you're looking to make this better, you're looking to stop trying to remove all stress and just get back to having a good time, that minor shift in perspective is going to give you reaps, like bundles of rewards, you know, almost immediately, if not immediately. Just stop worrying. Instead of, you know, jumping on somebody for not putting the fork away, oh, I got it. You know, instead of getting mad that somebody spilled their drink or, or dropped something, instead of flipping out, like, no, we're, we're cool. Accidents happen. That will change so much in your relationship. It's ridiculous. But you have to want to have a good time again. You know, it, as crass as it sounds, a majority of marriages are filled with people who are underfucked and overcritical. They're not attracted to each other. They're just picking at each other. They're not having a good time. They're not laughing together. They're just snipping at each other. And whenever they're out, they're always mocking one another. You know, the wife is the ball and chain and the husband's just another mouth to feed, another child in the relationship. That's not a healthy marriage. Your wife isn't your mom. To quote my friend Jeff Putnam, if she's your mommy, she's never going to call you daddy. You know, and and honestly, like it's 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 easy to laugh at these things. It's easy to make a joke of it. But the truth of the matter is a marriage should be filled with love, attraction and humor. Get back to having a good time. Stop being so focused on what's wrong with the other person. And let's have a good time with what's right with them. Start building yourselves back up. So that's the first thing is stop trying to treat like all stress like it's bad. All stress isn't bad. It's highlighting some areas and it's giving you an opportunity to improve. It's showing you some areas where, all right, maybe we need to work here. But stress isn't bad. Bad stress is bad. All right. The second action you can take to damn near immediately remove stress from your relationship is to stop projecting onto your spouse. If you're upset in your career, stop going home and picking at your husband or your wife about what they did or did not do right. You're not mad at them. You're mad at the failure within. Your spouse reflects who you are. When I see these these naggy harpy wives, I look at the husband and I can immediately size him up. His wife is a reflection of who he is. She fills the vessel that he creates. That's how it works. You don't see an angry, bitter wife 
with a husband who's carefree, happy, and leading the way in the family. That doesn't make sense. That, that, that simply doesn't work. Something in that woman's life is not being met. Some need is not being met. Something is wrong. And it might be her. And unfortunately, in, a lot, in some relationships, you know, they, they end disastrously because she wanted something that he was never going to give. You know, he was happy with or without her. And honestly, that's the way to live. You know, our spouse, a man's wife, is not the point of his life. She's a part of it. There's a big difference there. And that goes both ways. They're not your whole purpose to existing. You need to work on you. You are an individual. And while you tie your life cards together and you, and you, you link those, you know, your boats and you're going forward, you know, the way I call it is like, that's my ship. I'm the captain of the ship. My wife is my first mate. My kids are the crew. That's kind of how we operate. I'm steering this thing and we're going through the seas, whether they're calm or they're stormy. And if I have anything going down and I need to talk, I turn to my lady. You know, she helps me run the, this family. And then I turn to my kids. And there are a bunch of other captains. Those guys inside the Fraternity of Excellence. Those are other captains. I talk to them. Hey, what's up with your ship? Hey, how do you run your crew? Hey, how does this work for you? Hey, what, what hasn't worked? Hey, you went to those waters over there. Were they good or bad? Okay, I'm definitely going to do that. Or I'm definitely not going to do that. That's how I network with my crew. You know, they're their own captains. I'm mine when we swap notes. But when it comes to my spouse... If she is going crazy or she's sad or she's, you know, stressed out, well, what am I doing? You know, I, I should have a spouse who's carefree and going forward. And again, when the good stress hits, we just use it as an opportunity to strengthen ourselves. But if she's falling apart, that's on me. We got to work as a team. Again, it's not, you don't just leave them to fail, but you also can't go after them because you're mad about what's going on in your life. You cannot project. You have to stop the projection. That's why it's the second thing. First, you recognize you don't have to eliminate all stress. Stress is going to happen. It's not the worst thing in the world. You just have to let it magnify the areas where you're weak and turn those to strengths. But next, you have to look at yourself. If you're not happy with you, if you don't love you, there's no way you can love another individual. It does not work like that. So everything that's wrong with you, in one way or another, you're going to end up taking it out on your other ones. On your loved ones, rather. Don't be the mom who is making snarky remarks at the daughter because the daughter is doing something that the mother never did as a, a child. You know, don't be the dad who's trying to, to pick the, the son apart because he's not as good at football as, as you were as a man, you know, when you were a young man. Don't, don't mock your, your children because they aren't you. But that's because you're looking at you and you're like, you've done nothing since you played middle school or high school football. Or if you're the mom, you've done nothing but... You know, since you were a cheerleader in high school, you've done nothing with your life. People who don't do anything, they just sit there and they stew and they fester. And they end up taking it out on their children or their spouse because they're mad at themselves. You have to stop that. You have to get rid of the projection. Start doing the inner work. Start healing yourself. For many men, 31 Days to Masculinity is a book I wrote. You know, a lot of men run it through a community campaign inside FOE. And for women, you know, I offer coaching, but you need to go out and you need to find out what it is that you're missing in your life. What did? What don't you have? What is what is itching in your soul? For a lot, you know, it's society. Society has told you that you need to be at this level at this age or you need to not be doing, like you need to be not having kids. You need to be working in your career. And these women are stressed out and angry. Like shit, man, maybe you should have just started a family. Maybe you should stop chasing CEO, lady folk, power to the girl. Maybe you should just go and tend to your family and take care of your kids. 
Maybe that's why you're so stressed out is because you're trying to do something you don't want to do. You know, I, I can't help but believe that women who are biologically programmed to have kids and to be nurturing, you know, with rare exceptions, I, I could not see how they would not be stressed sitting in a workforce or sitting in a cubicle, staring at a computer screen for hours and hours and hours when all they want to do is be home taking care of their child. Same thing for men. You're, you're, you're soft, you're weak, you're told that you're not supposed to want sex, you're not supposed to be aggressive, you're not supposed to care about big trucks or muscles or guns, you're not supposed to do those things because those are all you know bad. But then he's depressed and you're fat and you're watching Netflix. You know, it's everything that's eating away at you is going to find an outlet. And unfortunately, that outlet is going to be whoever's closest to you. So you need to stop your projecting. Lastly, you need to remove the pressure of others and expectations of others that are being placed on you. My wife and I, we run our home the way we want to run our home without... We don't need permission from her parents or my parents. We don't follow any expectations or guidelines as to what right looks like. We do it 100% our way. There are a lot of men who message me about how their parents don't approve of the things they're doing or how their wife's parents don't approve. Look, this isn't their life to live. And I do understand the role culture plays in this. Different cultures put different weight on the opinion of parents. But... I don't care. (laughs) You know, it doesn't matter what your culture is because if it's causing you stress, it's not good. What you need to do is to step back, look at who has their, their hands on your steering wheel and just start smacking them off one by one by one. It doesn't matter if your neighbors have a nicer car than you. It doesn't matter if your family members have a nicer house than you. It doesn't matter if they make more money than you. Like none of that matters. All that matters is that you your spouse, your children are happy. You're on your path and you're doing what it is you want to do in life. Stop comparing to other people. Stop trying to keep up with other people. You know, if you look at my social media, it's a fucking shit show. I share everything. I share way too much. I understand that, but I want people to see I'm just a real dude. Like I'm not some fake caricature of what a man is or father is or some bullshit like that. I have flaws. I have features. I try to turn my flaws into features. I try to make where I'm weak strong. You know, I don't I don't enjoy talking about uh, sobriety. You know, that sucks. I can't drink, you know, but it is what it is. I don't like talking about how I got fat. I'm getting strong now. It is what it is. Like, these are the things. Like, it just is what it is. So why are you stressing out? Because, oh, because your sister has more money than you or your sister went on more vacations than you or your your, your brother can lift more weight than you. You're like, whatever it is in your life, you got to knock that shit off because what the metric you're measuring right now is not to meet somebody else's measurement of success. The metric in your life is where you feel and how you feel. And you need to look at it through your own lens. You judge. You know that you have permission to be happy, right? See, I don't think everybody does know that. I think a lot of people are looking for permission. Am I allowed to be happy? Am I allowed to be good? Am I allowed to think this is acceptable? Who are you asking? You decide what your life looks like. You decide where you're content. You know, all these marriages filled with all the stress and animosity. Look at these three steps I gave you. Stop worrying about other people. Stop putting your personal issues onto your family instead of dealing with it. And stop thinking that life is supposed to be sunshine and rainbows. That seems like a really simple list. But we're so focused on doing all these other things that we can't get the simple steps right. 
That's unacceptable. That's why divorce is through the roof for many other reasons. That's why kids are growing up plugged into screens for many other reasons. But those three are huge. Because if you had a loving, caring family where you guys were focused on yourselves and not approval from the outside world, you wouldn't worry about making sure that everybody had their phones and you could sit there and keep up on a social media. You'd much rather take your child and go outside and play without taking photos, without doing these things. You know, do you have any idea how much better your family would be if you allowed yourself to be happy and to have a good time with them? And instead of looking for outside validation, you look for validation from within the, the home and the family unit. If you look for that, that contentment of like, look, what makes me happy is knowing my children are happy. What makes me happy is seeing my wife smile. Those things make me happy. Those are my, my reflections or, or metrics of success. I know I'm doing a damn good job because I can see it in their lives. You are in the same position. Stop looking for the outside world to tell you it's okay. You need to decide if it's okay. You need to decide that you're going to start taking actions to find a way to love yourself again. How many people can't look at their reflection without getting upset? Too many. How many people want more likes on their new profile photo than they want their child to tell them about their favorite story of that day? Too many. How many people out there are sitting there taking actions with the sole intent of keeping up with somebody else that they don't even know? If you're watching the Kardashians or you're, you're watching the, these shows of these amplified lives, lives and you're trying to keep up and for who? The celebrity to give you a high five? You know, I'm so glad you, you got all these photos and all these likes, but your children freaking hate you and your husband doesn't even know who you are. You're able to take 13 selfies and make all these kissy faces, but you haven't kissed your husband in weeks. If you bring it back, if you're a husband, you're sitting there and you're scrolling porn or you're sitting there and you're constantly like looking at girls from high school or all these models online. And you're trying to like, oh, yeah, well, if I could meet up with them or if I wasn't married, you'd what? What would you do? You're sitting there sad on your phone, living this life that doesn't even exist. Thinking back about how you threw four touchdown passes in one game in high school. You should be living a life that's so freaking busy you can't even keep up with it. I can't list the things I did in 2020. I forgot. This, the, the list is too long. I, I cannot remember all the things I did in that one year. And I plan to do more this year. And that's I've been married, I've been with this woman since I was 16 years old and we're still having a good time. And there's nothing special about what we're doing. There's, there's nothing. I was not, I did not come from a silver spoon family. I did not come from the most solid of foundations of upbringings. I did, I did not have anything giving to me. I worked for every single thing that I have. My wife as well. Nothing was just handed to us. We had to fight for it all. So don't think like, oh, well, you're just better off than me because you had more money to begin. Like, I don't have any more fucking money than you. I was an E3 when we were engaged. I was an E4 when I got married. I was an E4 as a father of one. Look it up. Look up the 2007 pay scale for the Navy as an E4 with a wife and a child. You tell me if I had enough money. You need to stop thinking that everybody else has all these reasons to be better than you and instead recognize that you're not better because you haven't done the work to become better. The responsibility is on your shoulders to get your life to where it is you want it to be. And if you want your spouse to be better and if you want your marriage to be better, then take those three steps. And I'm going to close it with that. Stop trying to remove all stress from the home. Stress is okay. How do you deal with it? What, what is it highlighting? How can you work with that? How can you have fun with it? Next, 
all the unresolved trauma and issues and conflict you have within your soul, instead of picking at your family, why not talk to them about it? I was talking to my family today about my goals for this year and how I'm frustrated with with certain aspects of what I what I did last year and how I want to improve upon it this year. And I told them, like out in the open, hey, I, I didn't do as well as I wanted to do here, but I'm looking to bring it there. The podcast is one of those. I broke 100,000 listens last year through SoundCloud. My aim is to break 200,000 this year. There's a reason it's January 5th and there have been five new episodes in the past five days. That's the dedication I have to making this happen. But I shared it with my family. I'm not going to sit there and stew inside, you know, and, and they're not going to understand why I'm mad at them, why I have no patience. Like I tell them, like, look, yeah, I'm working to build this thing, but it's cool. I'm not going to let it hold me down. I'm not going to get mad at you because there's something wrong inside of me. So stop projecting. And lastly, the only eyes that matter are those of your family. The world does not need to approve of what it is you do. Your family and your friends do not, you do not need to get a permission slip signed signed by them to live the life that you want to live. You and your wife and your children are all that matter. If people don't like it, they can leave. If people are in your way, you can run them over. If people want to keep up, tell them to jump on board because that train is moving. Work out, get a strong body, talk, share, exchange messages, read, get a strong mind, connect, share your what it is that's going through you, the spirit, let that out, connect on all these levels as a family, make yourselves the best damn family you can be by being the best damn family you can be. And the way that works is you become the best individual that you can be while helping others become their best selves. And when the whole family's working together, the family's optimized. The fam- that is the best your family's going to be. And then you improve together. And when one slips, the other ones pick them up. That's how it works. That's how you have. That's how I operate. That's why when I run the podcast, you know, like the last one I did with my wife, we did a little Q&A. And it took us like 15 tries to just start the damn thing. Because I would laugh or she would laugh and we're just having a good time. So that's cool that you had sex twice this month. But how many times did you laugh? Let's focus on the right metrics. Let's get you back on track. I hope these three lessons apply, you know, and I hope they're, you're not just listening to me, but you, but you take them and you put them into motion. You take action from this message. I wish you the absolute best. If you have any one-on-one questions, if you want to work on coaching or get something like that, where we go through an extended program to get you back on track with your lady or your marriage, you know, shoot me a DM. There's many ways you can reach out. Twitter, Instagram, whatever. It's all at Zach Small underscore. And that's all I have for today. I wish you the absolute best. Continue to get after it. Thanks for listening. You can join our private men's only community at thefraternityofexcellence.com. And don't forget to find Zach on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at Zach Small underscore. 